Nice to have you with me here on The Doctor Is In. You have always been a voice of reason through all of this. Appreciate your time, what you're doing for America. I give you advice. And it doesn't work at all. You are definitely not inept by any means. I like to hear women say that about me. Whatever advice you're going to send my way, I am 100% taking it. I can't tell you what to do. I will not tell you what to do. Okay. Well, thanks. That wasn't the answer I wanted. Are you kidding me? Great stuff, Dr. Ray. I'm glad I called. I've scheduled my day around listening to your radio show. <laughs> Don't have to laugh so hard. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. I got a card from my wife that said, hope you're getting better. I said, honey, I'm I'm not sick. She said, I know. I just am hoping you're getting better how to interpret that. Nice to have you with me, Dr. Ray Garendi here. The program, the doctor is in Monday through Friday, 1 o'clock Eastern Time. This is 1 o'clock Eastern Time now. The number is always the same, 877-573-7825. That's not an easy number to remember. It bounces all over the place. It's kind of like everybody trying to sing... The National Anthem. The National Anthem is one tough song to sing. It's every which way. So 877-573-7825 is not something that sticks to the top of the brain. Try this. 877-57-EQUAL. Dr. Ray, that's one one too many letters there. uh, It should be 57-EQUAL. Yeah, but but the L drops off. You you could you could dial six other digits after the ten digits and it simply will not register. The first ten will register. So eight seven seven fifty seven equal is the number to call if you'd like to get onto the program. I would I would like you to be on the program. I really like to talk to you folks. You can call for questions about something going on in your life. You can call to help somebody else out. You get days off purgatory for that one. Help them out. You get days off purgatory just for listening to me. That's one nice thing about the program. And you can ask uh, generic kinds of questions. You know, Dr. A, I heard, um, I heard that a, a standard deviation on an IQ test puts someone up around 115. Well, what about 132? That's what my son was tested at. But that's two standard deviations. What is a standard deviation anyway? You know, things like that. Just stuff that normally occurs to you while you're watching some rerun of a cop show from 1976. 877 57 equal, you will get Andrew Krucek, my producer man, today, because Eric Dumont, my call screamer man, is not there. So very much would like to hear from you. There's a little town south of us. Is it south? Is Minerva south? I think it is kind of kind of southeast of Canton, Ohio, called Minerva. Minerva is your basic Americana kind of town. Minerva used to have softball tournaments in a park that they had that they could never use now for softball. The right field porch, that's softball talk, that's softball lingo, porch. The fence was very, very short, very short. 
So you like to play there because you could bang it off the fence. It was probably only about 210 feet away, which is even back when softballs were softer and bats were not as good, you could still hit it. Before the game, we're warming up. Little five-year-old, looked to be about five, has a bat, a little kid bat. Swigging at me. I was just kind of sitting there. I guess he came up behind me or something. I don't remember. Details are fuzzy. This is way back. I think this was even before bats were invented. I think they had invented the ball, though. And I looked at him and said, whoa, hey, knock it off. And that would have been the end of the story right there, except uh, my friends were hanging around. This guy's a psychologist. Knock it off. High-level training. Knock it off. Well, I had a reputation to redeem there. My car was parked nearby. I went to my car. In my trunk, I keep my graduate psych 605, that's the course number, developmental textbook. And it lists every situation in the known world for dealing with children. Oh, yeah, you got the formulas. So I looked in the index, five-year-olds, five-year-olds with baseball bats, and I uh, I saw what they said to say. So I wasn't taking any chances. I was going to say them all. Went back. Fortunately, that the young swingster was still there, as were my friends. And I said to him, I don't like being hit with a ball bat. Now, that's an iMessage. I'm using an iMessage, not a you message. You shouldn't hit. You shouldn't hit at me with a ball bat. I was using an iMessage. I'm not comfortable with where your bat is coming from. I can't go with that. But I'll tell you what. Please put the bat to the ground. Now, I had my, my hand on the barrel of his bat. And I was guiding it to the ground as I spoke, because it's very important that your verbal and your nonverbal cues be in sync, right? Don't want to send mixed messages here. So I took my softball, and I said, hey, I got a ball here, and uh, if you want, you and I could toss it a little bit here, play a little bit of catch. I put him on an informal contingency contract, variable ratio schedule, maximum response effectiveness. Well, this little rapscallion was going to be putty in my hands. He got hit with about six different psychological approaches all in one mini-speech. I owned him. Apparently, he did not read my Psych 605 textbook. After I was done, he just looked at me and said... Get lost. Now, <clears throat> I should have stuck with knock it off. But there's a lesson to be learned in this scenario of my failure. Never grade your technique, your approach with a child. And I'm going to extrapolate this to adults after one try. You can handle something beautifully. Truly beautifully. You can be calm. You can be reasonable. You can be heartfelt. And it could still blow up in your face. Why? Well, be.
because there's an unpredictable variable in that equation. Another human being. You can't predict how they're going to react. That's how you say to me once, well, we'll find out if you handle the situation well by how it turns out. And I said, no, no, we won't. If you if you try to handle a situation in your good judgment, well, morally speaking, reasonably speaking, socially speaking, emotionally speaking, all the speakings, that doesn't that doesn't guarantee at all that it's going to work out. How many times have you tried to reason with somebody? How many times have you approached a problem and you thought, okay, I'm going to approach this the way it needs to be approached. And it only made it worse. Does that mean you didn't handle it well? Does that mean you missed something? Of course. You can be ugly in the way you handle a situation. You can be snarky, snippy, snooty, snotty. I think God put all the SNs together just to kind of keep them in one group. You can do all those things. And that's what you really have to worry about. In my honest assessment, as best as best I can be objective about my subjective self, did I, did I try to handle this well and reasonably? If you did, that's what you got to be concerned about. You can't say to yourself, well, therefore, because it got... Obviously, I did something wrong. No, that's not true at all. This is not, human relations are not a formula. Where you can say, well, if I apply a little bit of this, a little bit of that, just the right amount of emotion, a little bit of reasoning, some rationale here, a little bit of sharing of my inner self, should work. One thing I've learned is a shrink. You can be wonderful in the way you approach somebody. Doesn't mean they're going to accept it. Doesn't mean they're going to like it. Doesn't mean they're not going to misinterpret it. Your responsibility, my responsibility, is to deal with people as, as, as fair and as, as best we can so that we can have the peace and the comfort of saying, well, I, I did my very best to handle that, and it didn't work out. If you didn't have another human being at the end of your approach, if you had something easy, something easy like uh, a rabid timber wolf, or a grizzly might have a better chance. But human beings, they respond in their own unique way. And just like that little five-year-old taught me, I thought he wasn't going to psychologically know what hit him. But apparently, he had his own mind about how to respond to this big person who was trying to reach him in a communicative fashion. 877-573-7825-877-57 equal. Join me. I'm Dr. Ray. Thank you. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things you don't believe in? There are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health sharing community. Plus, Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. 
That's 844-398-9399. We live right now in dark and confusing times, but Jesus is always at work. We shouldn't allow ourselves to forget what we know just because we're facing many circumstances that are threatening and confusing to us. You know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know that he's poured out his Holy Spirit and formed his body on the earth and that he is the head of the body in heaven and his body is right here on earth. You can point to it. Jesus didn't just leave us a set of teachings. Jesus, in fact, gave us himself. The church is ultimately the deifying union between Christ the head and the sanctified members of his body. And so just as the Lord unfurls himself into the Eucharist, Jesus is also extending his divinely human presence into his mystical body, the church. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays from 4 to 6 on Ave Maria Radio and the Ave Maria Radio app. This week on Christ is the Answer, we begin Father John's series on the Ten Commandments. After freeing the Hebrew people from slavery in Egypt, the Lord gave Moses the new rule to which the people of God would abide as part of the new covenant. The most recognizable of these rules are the Ten Commandments. Join us this week as Father John expounds on the First, Second, and Third Commandments by asking the question, Why be good? Tune in for Christ is the Answer Monday through Fridays at 11 a.m. on Ave Maria Radio. to brag about this, but there were several years there where I was uh, Catholic Radio's Renaissance man. God, I think I had nine years in a row. Yeah. I won the humility competition. Dominated the humility competition. That's because I never collected the award. It was really foolish to collect the humility award because then you lose it. You have to disavow that you deserved it. Then you win it. But that doesn't do you any good anyway. Can't get it. And if you send somebody to pick it up for you, as Andrew Kruchek, my producer man, suggested, it's obvious that you're vicariously being prideful. All right. Well, I didn't want to do this, and I don't want to ignore Joe, uh, because there's there's several reasons why I didn't want to do this. But I'll let Joe do it. Hi, Joe. Hello, Dr. Ann. I hope it go through because I have a difficulty with the reception with the Pocono Mountains. But I wanted to call and wish you a happy birthday. My wife and, and daughter and son-in-law saw you in Chatham, New Jersey a few months back and heard about your blizzard that you had to go through. But I wanted to tell you, uh, my daughter and son-in-law picked the front row to... Uh, to see you, and I kept my head down because I'm disabled. I, I walk with crutches. I've been this way for my whole life, and I have something called pseudo-boober affect. I'm not sure if I pronounced that right, and it usually shows up in uh, in church setting, Holy Spirit coming upon me, and I thought I better keep my head down because if I start out with the involuntary laughter, I didn't want to think. That, I didn't want you to think that I was laughing at you. And then, after, Joe, it'd be okay if you laughed at me. That's all right. 
Oh, well, then when it was over, I visited with you a little bit, and I talked to you about how difficult it is for me to find Catholic friendships and how much more easy it is for me to have friendships within, you know, Protestant settings and stuff like that. We talked a little bit about that, and sometime I'd like you, that might be a good topic to bring up as a monologue sometime. But I just wanted to call and wish you a happy birthday, and we had a vote on who was over, who was older, I should say, and I guess I, I went out, I'm a little older than you, but uh, just hope you're having a good day today, and it was a pleasure to uh, see you that night. You talked about the love of being Catholic and well, Joe, me. thank Only- you, sir. I appreciate that. And I wish you wouldn't have kept your head down. You can. All you had to do is just time the laughing so that when I said something that was supposedly funny and you were laughing, I could have used it. <laughs> that is an aspect of it that I hadn't thought of. But there one little go. downside of the whole thing is that since then, my my son, my daughter, and son-in-law are getting divorced, and I sure hate that because I'll tell you, among other things, I'm, I'm dependent on other people to get around, and if this would have taken place before then, uh, I would have been able to get there to your to your presentation. So well, I'm glad you were there, Joe. I appreciate it, my friend. Thank you so much for everything. God holds you. Uh, just, a, just a quick commentary. Yeah, Joe's right. This is as old as I've ever been. Uh, there's 50-some candles on my cake. And that's a piece I had. Uh, so, um, you know, you know you're getting old when you look at your driver's license picture. You go, yeah, it's not a bad picture. It's kind of look, starting to look like me. Anyway, Emily from North Dakota. I don't know if she's interested in this guy or has no longer an interest shared uh, and she's saying, okay, how do I let this go? Or how long they had any kind of relationship. Hi, Emily. Dr. Ray, happy birthday. Oh, how'd you... Th- See, I didn't want to say this because it's not... It's so, I feel funny that way because it's, it's so what? It's not about me. It's nice of you. Everybody, everybody listening has birthdays. So who do I think I am to go, hey, my birthday, you know, so what? But anyway, <laughs> it's very kind of you guys to be that nice about it. Now, this fella... Did you have some relationship with him? Yeah, he's my classmate, and he's I I really like him a lot. Uh, he's just the perfect Catholic man. Everything he could ever ask for. I did call, I did talk to him, and I said, "Hey, is there any chance that you're interested in me?" And he said that he's not looking for a relationship. And I said, "That's awesome. I'm so glad that you said that because I need I need someone to be honest with me. The last thing I want is somebody to drag me around." But I can't stop thinking about him, and I hate it. I need to stop thinking about him. What do I do? Are you thinking, Emily, can I can I ask how old you are? 23. Oh, okay, so you're a young girl. Are you thinking that given this guy's profile, his Catholic moral profile, that there's not too many out there like him, and if he slips by... I could be 45 years old and still be single. Is that what you're thinking? Yes. I yes. knew it. Well, that's a quick way to make yourself miserable. Okay. Because what you're saying is he's so? well, he's your only chance at a committed, faith-filled spouse. That's what you're saying. 
And as long as you believe that, you're really going to be shook up Mm. over the fact this guy's not interested. But if you say to yourself, this one particular male is not interested in a relationship, and you could even go so far as to say, with me, that's okay, doesn't mean anything. Man, when I dated, there was a whole bunch of girls that weren't interested and gone any further than one date. All right? That was back when people went on dates. So so given that, if you then say, I cannot say at all what the future holds with any other potential spouse. I can't. I don't know. It, at least it'll take some of the disappointment out of the fact that this one at least looks like it's going to go nowhere. Yeah. That's the thing you're putting you're putting way too much emphasis on this one potential relationship. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to throw another curve. How do I Well, I'm going to throw another curveball at you, Emily. Fear being single. Well, you deal with it because you're only 23 and you have no idea okay. what the future holds. You can't you okay. can't say, "Oh no, oh no, oh no." Now the reality is, yes, young faith-filled Christian women are having a much harder time finding guys. That's right. We've just ruined males. I got that. But I've for a small example, I have a friend of mine whose daughter's 33. She just met a wonderful guy. She had pretty much thought that's it. I have a daughter who's older too and she met a guy. And they were in their 30s when they met him. Right? So, and I didn't get married till I was close to 32. So, and my wife, well, she gave me an ultimatum. She thought I was dragging my feet. So two years into the relationship, she says, you either tell me your name or it's over. So, okay, she was pushing. But given, Emily, come on, that's a joke, Emily, come on. I, so know. Given, I know, I was laughing, don't worry. There, there's one other thing I want to throw at you, a curveball, then you can you can throw that question you had at me. And the curveball is this. You are forming a picture of this guy, is it safe to say, on the basis of eh, minimal information. Right? Um, no, I, I know him pretty well. I've known him for, for like um, a bit over a year now, or like less than that. Well, yes, you know him, but if in fact you haven't had a relationship with him, all you know him is from observing, correct? I guess I could I guess you could say that. And observing in situations, hit and miss, or things that people have said, which yeah, you're saying, okay, there's potential there. But you still do not know him. That's the other thing. Mm. Got to rem- always got to remember that. You you can you can look at someone and say, oh wow, oh wow, that person's everything I want. But until you're in some kind of close connection with them, you can't confirm it or not. My office That's is true. filled. My office is filled with people who are splitting, who just thought early on in that relationship this person was the best person in the whole world, and they rushed headlong too fast. So, that's the other thing. So, two things. One, 
don't say to yourself, if I don't if I don't connect with this guy, I'll never get married, I'll never have kids, and I'll just be alone until I'm eighty. That's what you're doing, which is which make you miserable. Yeah, that's that's totally irrational. And two, you can say from the minimal information I know about him, and it is minimal because he's not gonna you're not gonna know the guy until you spend a lot of time with him. He seems to be a pretty admirable, faithful guy. But I still really don't know him with any depth. 877-573-7825. Real nice to have your company. I don't know why Linda Linda left. She called, hung for two minutes, and left. Try not to take it personal. I think it must be just that cell phone reception stuff or whatever it is. I was in grad school and they always told us that one of the important things to convey to people coming to you for help is an image, an image that you can be helpful, an image that you are knowledgeable. And back then, of course, uh, the standard stereotype of the Austrian psychiatrist the Freudian-type psychiatrist. And, of course, not too many people practice that that brand of intervention. But I think I'm going to start working on it. You know, people call in here and I, rather than saying, oh, you, you are struggling, I'm going to say, well, it looks like you have a loose abelindus doodle. See, that, it just seems like, okay, this guy this guy's got an insight into my head. Anna from Minnesota is asking about a friend. Well, we really don't know how good this friend is. Hi, Anna. Hi. Tell me about your friend here. Well, so my friend, um, so lately she's been kind of getting into, like, fights with our friend group and um, just been being, like, well, when we were in school, she was being late to class and not caring about her grades. And we think it's because of her new boyfriend. And she always likes to, like, play the victim and be like, well, you guys hate my boyfriend, therefore that's why I always spend so much time with him and stuff like that. And I just want to know how to maintain a healthy relationship with her, even though she's um, being, like, dramatic about the entire situation. Anna, are you in high school, dear? No, I'm in middle College? school. Oh, middle school. All right. Yeah. What uh, What is it that makes you think you want to stay friends with her? Well, we've been friends for a really long time, and um, and well, next year we're going to this new school, so I'm kind of afraid that if I don't stay friends with her, she's going to be like mean to me and stuff like that. Oh, she'll start trashing you, do all kinds of stuff behind your back, and make you. She'll 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 get her revenge, huh? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Let's just say that you try to stay friends with her as best you can. Mm-hmm. Did you hear 
at all what I talked about at the very beginning of the show, where when you handle a situation well, it could still blow up on you? No, I didn't hear that. Okay. And I was talking about how when you're trying to get along, essentially, with somebody, and you do what you can. You try to be fair and reasonable and kind, etc. Mm-hmm. And uh, and doesn't work. Doesn't work. Makes them matter, or they they get resentful, or they accuse you. It sounds like is it safe to say that your friend is kind of going in a different direction in terms of socially what she wants. Maybe maybe she's getting into things you don't want any part of. Yes. Okay. So why would you... Now, let's just leave aside for a moment that she could get back at you next year. Let's leave that aside for a second. If that wasn't a worry, would you want to stay friends with her? No, I don't think so. All right, my dear, you answered your own question. Because here's your problem. Here's your problem. If she's doing these kinds of things now, it's getting harder to get along with. She's drifting maybe into other peer groups, uh, probably spending 27 hours a day on social media, whatever. Mm-hmm. If she's doing all that, then one, I think it's going to be very hard for you to stay friends with her no matter what because you just approach life differently than she does. But then here's the other thing. Even if you tried to stay friends with her, that doesn't guarantee that next year she's not going to trash you anyway. Okay. Because it's sounding like, you tell me if I'm wrong here, dear, but it's sounding like even though you're having a tough time with the way she's becoming, she's having a tough time with you guys. Yeah. Okay. So as long as she's moving in a different direction with you guys, then next year when you go to that new school, uh, she may she may do her best to trash you anyway. Okay. So you can't you can't win is what I'm saying. So you might as mm-hmm. well do the right thing for yourself and say this friendship is is we're going in different directions totally. She's getting into stuff that I don't want to be part of. And she's starting to alienate some of my friends. She's getting harder to get along with. Um, and who knows next year what she's going to be like, but I got a feeling it's going to be worse. Yeah, and I think a part of why I want to stay friends with her is because um, I really want to, like, maintain her safe life. And that's kind of how we connected. And I want to, like, help her with that a lot. But she seems to be going in a different direction with it. It sounds like she doesn't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, that's the thing, honey. I mean, you can only do what you can do if she's open. But if she's saying, no, I'm getting into other things. I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing on the Internet, on social media. I'm liking the, the kids I'm hanging around with. I'm getting, I'm getting a little more worldly about all kinds of stuff. And, you know, Anna's, eh, Anna's kind of, ooh. She's sort of like goody two shoes or whatever. Uh. Is there some of that? Yeah. Mm. Hey, I'm starting. You know what? I am starting to understand teenage girls. I never used to. 
It took me like 50 years and five teenage girls of my own to finally start to get it. I don't think anybody in the world completely understands teenage girls. My dear, <laughs> you you worry about your own well-being morally and socially. And if your friend finds out that the way she's gone is a dead end, she may look back at you and say, you know, I had a very good friend in Anna. And I think I need to I need to talk to Anna again. And that'll be good. You'll have your opening. You can help her out. But you're not responsible for how she accepts the faith. Okay. Thank All you. Right. You sound awful grown up. How old are you? 13? Yeah. You sound very grown up. Very. Thank you. Man. Hey, just one other question. Did your mom or mm-hmm. dad tell you to call me? Well, kind of. So you just didn't call me on your own. I feel hurt. It was her idea. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's your mom in the background. Hey, mom, I'm tired. here for moral support. Mom, I'm tired of doing your parenting for you. Well, you know, I basically told her uh, pretty much the same thing you said. I said he's probably going to tell you that you cannot um, control another person's behavior, and you have to just... Love them where they're at, but then you don't let them bend. You don't let yourself bend to them. So, so you, you're saying you're as smart as I am. Is that what you're saying? Um, Maybe a little bit, but definitely not as witty. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, dear, for the call. So you have a beautiful yep. daughter. Thank you so much. This is okay, Dr. Yep. Ray, 877-573-7825. Thank you for your company. and discipline, pronouncing all difficult words myself, vicissitudes. It's a tough word. A lot of sibilance in there. Thank you for joining me, Dr. Ray Garendi. We have an anonymous caller from uh, Massachusetts. Well, some people have trouble pronouncing Massachusetts as long as aluminum or ashtabula. Those are three words that are Oh, Worcestershire sauce is tough to say, too. Hi, caller. Thanks for the call. Hi, Dr. Ray. Good afternoon. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So you got a friend that's aggressive. My son. Oh. And my husband, if he walks in, I have to hang up. He doesn't like me calling, you know, any, you know, for advice. So I'm Ooh. sorry if I hang up, um, you know, uh, immediately. But uh, he's not here now, so... Does your yeah. son live with you? No, he's in a group home. And the um, uh, my husband usually comes with me, but he had other obligations. It's a death in the family. Mm-hmm. So um, I went by myself, and uh, uh, we went with the one-on-one to the, you know, downtown area and returned. And we usually sit in the car and listen to music. And I gave him um, some food, and he vomited. Maybe it was, you know, it wasn't. I put it in the cooler bag, a lobster. He wanted the lobster roll. And he vomited, and instantly I said, you're going in the group home. Major mistake. And uh, I was by myself with him, and the one and one should have been in the car. But I, I usually feel comfortable by him, you know, with him. He's never aggressed with me in the car. 
so he bit my arm, and thank God I had extra. Ouch! Coat. I had a oh, <laughs> thank God I had extra coat, and uh, you know sweatshirt and everything. You know, I just Ouch. thank God because it was cool here, and uh, went to the doctors like four days later because I said no problem, and all of a sudden it's black and blue, and so she checked it. Thank God she says no, you're you're just put a bandaid on it. He's never done that to you before. Well, he's done it when he lived with us. Um, you know, before he went in the group home, he was violent. And finally, we had to wait like a week or two weeks. He was, you know, unbelievable. We had to wait to, before you can move into a group home. But he's been in this particular group home for 10 years. And, and uh, they have never said he's done this to any of them. Oh, he has done to his roommates. Not to staff. Um, yeah, not, not that I'm aware of. So that tells you that he sort of knows who he can attack and who he can't. Right. Okay. Right. You're absolutely correct. Are you afraid to pick him up anymore because he's unpredictable? No, he's my son. We love our son. In fact, we've offered to, um, you know, um, do his laundry. We go in his bedroom, my husband, um, because... He's been there 10 years, and it's quite challenging, and, you know, I thank, thank God for the help, you know. So um, we, you know, um, we do, you know, some of the chores there, you know, whatever, in his bedroom. And he's just rep, repetitious where he wants to go, of course, and what would that's you do fine. If, what would you do if he does this to you again? I, I don't know. I am overwhelmed. My husband says we have to, and he meant to, you know. We, we have, have to, to help. We, we have to. Well, well, wait. Now, wait. You are helping. You've placed him yeah. in a group home, and you visit yeah. him, and you do a lot of things for him. So you are helping. Mm. So when yeah. your husband says we have to help, does he say that means you have to get bitten? No, he just feels you know this is our son, and he doesn't feel. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't think it's going to happen because it's really unusual. He's been. We've been doing this for only a month or so, so it's recent that we started to help. Help what? You know. Help what, with the house, way. you know, go in his room and clean his, you know, right. room. Oh, is it? You know, uh, is, the little bit room. household chores, right. just very, you know. And he's never done this before in the room, so. Well, if you think that there's <laughs> something about you <laughs> intruding as he sees it into his room or fixing it up, mm. and he doesn't see it as help, mm. then you're probably antagonizing him. Really? That's the first thing. So maybe you ought to back oh. off on that just to see what happens. But here's the other thing. I think you might want to be prepared. You said he's had a history of being aggressive with you. Yeah, yeah. You you might want to be prepared for if this happens again, you might want to tell him before it does what you will yeah. do, mm-hmm. which is, and I don't think this will work because I just you said a sentence there that mm-hmm. tells me your husband totally disagrees. Mm-hmm. You might tell him, I'll call the police. Mm-hmm. Well, I told him that, and he says he wants to go to jail. And oh. My husband said that's all attention, but I told him you wouldn't, you know, um, get your presents, Christmas and birthday, and, you know, home well, visits. they're not going to put him in jail. They're just going to talk to him <laughs> sternly, you know. <laughs> well, that's all. You know, he does definitely believe he wants attention in that way, but he doesn't realize, I think, the seriousness. And I think um, you have to yeah. be prepared. You can't just simply hope mm-hmm. he's not going to yeah. hurt you. Right. If he's if he's unpredictable, yeah. even though it happens few and far between, yeah. 
Yes. You got to be prepared for it. You got to let him know. Don't ever bite me again. Don't ever right. punch me again. Because if you yeah. do, the police are going to pay you a visit at your group home. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. I want to go to jail. Well, yeah. that's that's tough talk. And just ignore that. <laughs> yeah, that's what my husband said. Yeah. Because right. we take him. Um, we take him to the, um, you know, um, to get ice cream down the town. He's never had any problems with that. He enjoys that, you know, walking. And, well, you got, you, you know, got he has a, a lot of positive traits. He's very, he ver- thank God he's verbal because the priest well, prayed it, over Well, here's the thing. I'm have to interrupt you, dear, because I'm up against break. You, you got attacked because you told him something he didn't want to do. You said you need to go into the, your home now, and he didn't want to hear that. That's why he got mad. So keep in mind, as long as you're getting him ice cream and doing nice things with him, you probably won't get attacked. But if you have to tell him something that he doesn't want to do, and you can't really predict it because who knows where he'll be at emotionally at the time you say it, then you could get assaulted. And that's when you have to let him know you can't do that. And I think that's possible that if the police do pay him a little visit uh, that'll that'll put a limit on him thank you for the call thank you for the call mom god bless your care for your son i have had my daughter in a group home for many years so i know where you're at this is dr ray dr ray has more great advice coming up don't go anywhere and that's a doctor's order underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything even things you don't believe in there are options you can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health-sharing community. Plus, Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. That's 844-398-9399. And now, a meditation minute from Father Gabriel Richard High School. I'm Antoinette Pacillo with a reflection on the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verses 57 through 62. This passage opens with one of the disciples saying to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. Do you think the disciple knew what he was getting himself into when he made that statement? Following Jesus is not often glamorous. A middle schooler is mocked because she chooses to wear modest clothing, or a high schooler who goes to daily mass is seen as uncool, so he does not get invited to a social gathering. Are you willing to pay the price to follow Christ? Today, let us give Jesus a place to rest his head. Spend a little less time on social media and use that time to read scripture. When someone chooses to gossip today, choose to walk away. Find ways to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. This Meditation Minute is brought to you by the students, faculty, and staff of Father Gabriel Richard High School. The Maronite Order of the Blessed Virgin Mary has personally collected, transported, and distributed medicine, school supplies, and food for people in Lebanon. The catastrophic explosion in Beirut, political unrest, and increasing poverty have led the Maronite Order to do more. Call 734-930-5200 to attend their first fundraising dinner on June 29th at Cantoro Restaurant. Your support will provide food and medicine directly to poor families in Lebanon. Call 734-930-5200 by June 14th. Thank you for joining me, Dr. Ray Grandy. Good Lord permitting this weekend the men's conference in Uvalde, Texas. 
near San Antonio. Yep. Wonderful, wonderful area. The Guadalupe Radio Network, a wonderful network. Large, large, large networks on 40 stations, I believe. Somewhere thereabouts. But if you want any information on that, you go to my website, drray.com, D-R-R-A-Y.com. Under the speaking schedule and Deacon Ken, his number is there. So there'll be two talks there. If you're anywhere near that area and you want to stop in, we're going to do two talks for the guys at uh, Uvalde Men's Conference, June 17, right before Father's Day. I want to just say one thing about Tennessee before I go to Jimmy. Nashville's Grand Old Opry, well, not old, old, you got to say old, Grand Old Opry, is the longest-running live radio show in the world. Little little trivia from Tennessee there. Hey, Jimmy, how are you? Hello, Dr. Ray. I appreciate that, and I really appreciate you with the old O-L-E opera. Hey. We're awful proud of that, so we appreciate it when folks get it right. Thank you, well, Dr. Thank you, sir. All right, now, you're struggling here. With animals and their souls. Yeah, me and my wife, we're struggling right now. We just lost two very, very dear pets back to back. And uh, we're hurting. We're hurting with that. And and when I try to seek comfort on that, I come up against the church's teaching that animals do not have souls. And I just don't get it because their personalities are as varied as individuals their characteristics, their likes, their dislikes. I just have a hard time understanding that, and I'm just looking for some general explanation and tips and tricks to get over it. Jimmy, you realize there's a reason why you're not getting it. You know what that is? I don't want to, I guess. No, because you're not getting it right. First of all, the church does teach that animals have souls. They don't have rational souls like we do. They have what is called either a sensate or a sensitive soul. In other words, they're capable of, in their own way, taking in sensory information and somewhat acting upon it. So they do have a life-giving soul, if you want to look at it that way. The church has no teaching on whether animals are in heaven or not. They've never, they've never stepped into that. They've never said, nope, they're not there. And they've never said, yep, they are there. Just said, who knows? So you see? I pets- have, we're converts to the faith, and I've run up against a priest that, you know, had emphatically told me that they're not going to be there now. I realize one priest does not speak on behalf of the entire church. But that's kind of where our anxiety and our struggles with this had come from. Well, one place you can go check this out. If you go to Catholic.com and you type in your question. So that's the website for Catholic Answers. Just type in your question. It says, do animals have souls? And they're going to basically say to you what I just said which is, yes, they do, but not like our souls. Even plants have souls. But plants, I forget the exact name for what, what, 
what a plant soul is called. But the confusion can come in because because our soul is <laughs> much more similar to God. Thinking, willful, rational. All right, we're made in God's image. And animals are not. But they do have, if you want to call it a life-giving spirit of some type, which is pretty much uh, quite a bit quite a bit below ours in its abilities, if you will. So yeah, I, I we just had to kill our Rottweiler not so long ago, and he was ten years our our buddy. And and you're right, uh, Tank understood a lot. At least it looked like he understood a lot. But again, the soul that he had, if you want to call it that, it was a sensate soul or a sensitive soul. Was, was taking in sensory information and acting upon it at a very elementary level. So, yeah, as far as I'm aware, the church has no teaching whether animals are, will be in heaven or not. There you go. Thank you, doctor. All righty, my friend. Thanks for the call. I appreciate that. Thank you, sir. I think I got that right. Uh, but I don't know if it was is it sensate or sensitive. I'm not sure on that. Um, and in in fact, obviously, there there is something present that is a life giving force in animals. Now we tend to think of animals that are reasonably sophisticated, like a dog. But what about a snail? Huh? What about a cockroach? An ant? Obviously, something is moving them. And if you say, well, they're just a bunch of chemicals. Just a bunch of chemicals acting upon each other. Well, there does seem to be some type of determinative movement, activity, among even the lowest forms of animals. Dr. Ray, those are just instincts. Yeah, but something is moving those instincts. All right, we don't have time for any more calls. I do appreciate you keeping me company, being with me. Andrew Kruchek was running the board today. Eric Dumont is not here. Good Lord permitting, be able to uh, visit with you tomorrow. Uh, What else? Oh, one quick thing. We've only got about five openings left. Myself and Father Leo Padalinghug, the cooking chef uh, on EWTN, will be... Heading a pilgrimage in October, 12 days in Italy, all over the place with a papal mass and all kinds of stuff. Sometime to renew your connection and, and see so much of the very central of where our Catholic faith grew from. Uh, if you're interested, we got four or five spots left. A lot of them are sold out, but these are some individual spots. Um, go to my website, drray.com, D-R-R-A-Y.com. And you'll get the information, and you'll get the link to go check it out and see if it's anything at all you might be interested in. That is in October. And that's it for me today. So I do appreciate all the company, all the people who called in. The calls make the show. There's no question about that. So thank you very much for calling and listening. I'm Dr. Ray. Walk with God, the eternal walk. All other walks will end. Not that one. 
For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.